This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. You're listening to Keep Screaming, a horror podcast from two best friends dissecting horror movies one by one. My name is Ryan Larson. And my name is B-Bass. Every two weeks, we will bring you a brand new episode where we dissect a slasher film from top to bottom. We will look at the movie as a whole, going over the story, the casting, music choices, go kill by kill, and then rank it on how it succeeds as a slasher film. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ScreamingCast or by searching Keep Screaming. You can find me at B not B, that's B-E-E, not B-E-A, and Ryan at Ryan Larson. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and CastBox, or online at podpeople.me or keepscreaming.com. This week, we are dissecting 2009's Blood Night, The Legend of Mary Hatchet, directed by Frank Sabatella. But first, our pop culture check-in. For new listeners, our pop culture check-in is a chance for you to get to know what we've been watching, reading, and consuming outside of our movie this week, as well as life updates. Um, B is super busy, so she hasn't done very much. She's doing important things in the world. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Is that what I'm doing? I think so. Yeah. I mean, important things for your world. Yes, very yeah. important things. I'm launching a business. Yeah. Um, she has an LLC and everything. I do. I'm officially registered with the state of California. Um, it's very fancy. We automatically have to pay $700 in taxes even if we don't make any money. So that's fun. Gotta love California. It's a drive, <laughs> right? Like that drives you to make oh, $700 it does. It does at least. Drive you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all right, we know our goal $700. Um, but yeah, I'm starting a graphic design firm um, with three uh, women that I met in my um, bachelor's degree program and who have become, you know, some of my closest friends as well. And so that's really exciting. And we have a big event tomorrow, our first event as a company. Um, so it's like running around crazy. But I have gotten a chance to do a few things. Um, like you can follow video. them at yes. Hey Team V. Yes, Hey Team V is our handle. Um, <coughs> and if you, you know, if you ever need any graphic design, you know, we're available. We're based in Sacramento, but we, uh, you know, are working with people outside of the area as well. And then also we just post fun little shareable yeah um social media posts so that's what we're up to if you would like to see we are hey team b on all social media um b and i both watched you i'm two episodes away from finish what? finishing you finish? it no i couldn't find time i know i'm sorry um and b finished it um so i'm you, sure you guys have seen it at this point it's become such a like a crazy huge, phenomenon yeah. it's insane so it launched on lifetime a year before it went on netflix Maybe a little less. A little less. Yeah. Um, I think it was actually it aired in the fall. I think it aired so just a this couple fall, months difference. and then um, didn't perform super well on Lifetime. Netflix ended up picking it up as a um, Netflix original because they're producing the second season. Yes, because they said, "Okay, we'll take it. We'll make a second season." And so it got switched to a Netflix original, even though the show originally aired live and was produced by Lifetime. And it is like. Literally, the perfect descriptor is a lifetime version of Dexter. Yes. I mean. Yeah, uh, 100%. It's... Yeah. It stars um, Penn Badgley. Um, Gossip Girl it, Yeah, theme. Gossip Girl and Easy A, if you guys ever saw that. Um, and I don't know who plays Dark Beck. Must Die. 
Um, um, yeah, she, I did look it up because I was like, has this girl been anything? And how old is she? And then I realized she's like my age. She's like 26. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Because the other like big star name to it was Shay Mitchell. From also from, yeah, Pretty Little Liars. So it has a teen, it has that teen soap, uh, credibility for sure. It's got the, you know, it's got those two big ones. Um, she's in, she's like, was big for something before this that I forgot. Oh, so she starred in a, um, oh, Dead of Summer. Freeform yeah. show called Dead of Summer that only awesome. lasted one season. And her name is Elizabeth Lale. Yes. Um, and she plays Beck. The two main characters are Joe and Beck. And Joe, essentially, I don't want to spoil anything for you guys, but he's like a bookstore owner and he's like... Stalking this woman. Yeah, he's stalking. The whole the whole show, you see this if you look it up, it's about the line between love and obsession. And he's very much in the obsession uh, category. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about his obsession for her and how it escalates and what it does to both of their lives. Um, there's something... It's not it's not a good show. It's not like a great show, but it's he's very charming. Penn Badgley is very charming mm-hmm. and he narrates the entire thing, which makes it makes him more likable. And there's just something really gripping about it that keeps you watching. Um, and I don't know what it is because I super, super dislike the main character Beck. Um, she drives me crazy. She infuriates me. I was talking to B about it last week and like I like having a character that is has flaws because what? that's normal that's life and i don't like like impeccable characters like especially female characters who are often painted as ideals instead of being yeah and she's realistic. like super flawed which i am yeah which is fine like i i want flawed characters it's it, it keeps things rounded keeps things more realistic but she is it's not just that she's flawed like I, she has she has flaws like she you know she drinks too much and like she does these things and like there are certain things too i think it's a tricky area because there are certain things that they kind of portray as flaws that i don't think are really like she's very liberal with her sexuality which i don't think is a flaw at all um depending on like what you do with it but like like in the show i don't think how she has sex with people is a problem but mm-hmm. like her friends like condemn her for it a lot um which i think is a little problematic but she's so stupid it drives me crazy and not stupid in the sense of like you just dumb but like oblivious to the world just like so self-absorbed and oblivious yeah, but there's a lot of people like that in the world I can't stand it. I'm sorry. There is no... If I meet a person... If you are involved with someone and you are at a bar and they are standing four feet behind you and you don't fucking realize it, something's wrong. You need to change your perspective on how you take in the world. I don't know if that's so much a knock on Beck or if it's a knock on what the show wanted to do and thought they could get away with it and was not realistic. I'm sure you guys have, if you follow the show at all, you see all the memes online and they're fucking hilarious. B sent me like a a whole like slideshow full and they all have me like laughing out loud like literally because they definitely do things that you know wouldn't happen in the real world because it works better for the narrative they're trying to create yes like the fact that she lives on a first floor apartment but doesn't have curtains and she has giant windows where you could easily see her getting changed and she also has sex a lot and like joe just watches her again not a spoiler it happens within the first 20 minutes of the first episode so like things like that joe also is always like hiding behind like literally like Like a cartoon version. Yeah, Yeah, like behind lampposts. Yeah. Like turns around, lowers his hat, and she doesn't notice. And it's infuriating. I think it's just stacked on top of all of her flaws. I'm just like, you're just too much. I can't. And like, 
it drives me a little crazy. But and like they, B said, yeah. it's on purpose. Like she told me, she's like, obviously it's on purpose because you're not supposed to like Beck. Like, yeah, because you, what Dexter did is make a serial killer, and that's not what this show is. No, but no, no. not at all. But it, it's similar in the way where you have an extremely um, problematic male character mm-hmm. who's doing things that. Um, if you were to meet them or know that they were doing in the real world, you would be disgusted, you would condemn them, um, you would be very upset whether that's stalking or killing or whatever it is. But they make these characters, uh, they give them some sort of moral guidance, Mm -hmm. they connect them to family or children to make them more likable, and then they surround them by unlikable female characters. Yep. And then you have more sympathy for them and you make them more likable. I think Rita and Dexter will go down as one of my least favorite characters in TV. The most obnoxious and infuriating, and I know a lot of people felt that way about his sister in the show, Deb. That, I, didn't, I didn't mind I that, was, but that was yeah, a lot of people yeah, who yeah. were very against his sister, thought she was super obnoxious. They have to be, because that's how you have compassion and find likability and in these very problematic, um, bad men mm-hmm. that you're following, and they have an inner monologue. Yep. So you hear their reasoning, whether that reasoning makes any fucking sense or not. And so the show is very similar to that, where like you have to have these him surrounded by these characters that make you annoyed and that you think are dumb and go, hmm, well, maybe they deserve it for whatever they're getting. Um, they have to. Otherwise, you'd hate Joe and you'd be like, I'm just, this is disgusting. I'm yeah, not watching this. Yeah, you want to watch it. Absolutely. Um, so. But I think everyone should watch it because it's enjoy- It's good. Like, it's just enjoyable like kind of just like a like it almost a trashy silliness. TV, yeah. yeah, and it's oh, definitely a little silly. Like it, it's it's, it's got a, that it's teen a, yeah, drama cheesy. vibe, but it's very cheesy. It's hyperbole of teen drama yeah. for sure. Um, and it's ten episodes, super easy to binge. They season uh, season two it will be coming out, so um, which I mean, be interesting. It's it's also fringe ish horror. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I also watched True Lies because we. At our friend Derek's 30th birthday party, we got to talking about action movies like we almost always do. And well, because we tried to watch Total Recall. Oh, yeah. And Derek, but he oh. kept turning it back on to Big Lebowski, even though I watched that movie three times that night. Three times. Yeah. And we were trying much. to watch Total Recall, like, which I haven't seen all the way through yet. People who, like, legitimately like Big Lebowski were like, can we turn this off? Yeah. Um, I to see it three times in a row. Yeah, but, so I revisited True Lies um, because my wife had never seen it, and one totally forgot James Cameron directed that movie. Mm. Uh, I think I remember that. Two... I just fucking love that movie. Yeah, and Jamie Lee good. Curtis deserves so much more credit that, I mean, I obviously think she deserves all the credit in the world, but like even more because I think it's like people forget her comedic timing. She's, she's uh, just so good in that movie. Not people who are my age and well, yeah, Freaky Friday. Yeah, Freaky Friday. <laughs> but I mean, just like that movie is, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah. But better, yeah. like way better. Um, and they're just both so likable in it. And I like, I just, yeah. Yeah. That very movie's just movie. really fun. And yeah, that was definitely one of the f- first action movies that I saw when I started dating my husband. And I was like, oh, yeah, I really like this one. Yeah. It's just really like Tom Arnold's even likable in it and Bill Paxton's character is hilarious how he's wooing women by saying he's a secret agent and uh I know it makes me so sad uh and then I watched Polar which was a Netflix original that came out yesterday I think um and it stars um 
Mads Mikkelsen, who played Hannibal in Hannibal, mm-hmm. um, he's he's an excellent actor. I mean, if you've never seen Hannibal, like, holy shit, uh, he's amazing. And he's been in a number of other projects. That's definitely, like, his most prolific. Um, it is directed by, I can't remember his name. Uh, he's Swedish. Uh, I'm going to look it up. He He's done a couple other movies. But um, it's basically, like... And I described it this way on tweet on Twitter, and I'll st- on, on Twitter. Uh, Jonas Ackerland directed it. Um, wow, Dead Mouse did all the music for it. That's cool. And it's based on a comic book. Um, it's basically it reminded me if if someone who shops at Forever Twenty One and listens to SoundCloud rap was given like money and was told to direct a John Wick movie. That's exactly what this is. Um, and the only reason it works is because Mads Mikkelsen is playing your hitman, um, and he's just so good in it. And it's also just just wacky enough to work because there are all these very strange characters with very odd style choices, um, and it's kind of stylistically all over the place. But in the last, like, especially Vanessa Hudgens is in it. She's like the main female character. Oh, um, she posted about this. Yeah. I thought I love <clears throat> Vanessa Hudgens. She posted it on yeah. Facebook, and she's like, oh, Polar's almost no, out. No, she's good in it, too. Um, she is, and I, I really like Vanessa Hudgens. I, I have since High School Musical, but especially since um, fucking Spring Breakers. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I honest, a lot. Of, I've seen a lot of polarizing reviews, no pun intended, but I think it's worth, if you like John Wick and if you can deal with, like, cheesy, check it out because it's very, like, it, it's a very modern version of John Wick. Because John Wick, to me, feels like more like a 70s like uh, kung fu movie almost, like updated in modern times. But this feels like this feels like almost like a Spring Breakers version of John Wick. So um, check it out if you can. It's it's a lot of fun. Sounds good. Yeah. And he wears an eye patch in it, so, you know. Cool. Yeah. Is Action, that a thing for you? Action heroes with eye patches? Well, I mean, yeah, just Snake Bliskin. Kurt Russell yeah. and Escape from New York and L.A., so, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you watched Venom. I did watch Venom. I forgot already. Yeah. I watched, uh, is that what I watched on my birthday? Was that my birthday movie? Yeah, Venom was my birthday movie. No. Before. Yeah. Before. I watched it on my birthday. No, because we talked about it before your birthday. Mm, I don't know. Pretty sure I watched it on my birthday. All right. I pulled that card. I did. I 100% watched it on my birthday. Okay. I started it the night before, but didn't Oh, you're it. right. You texted me about it. We didn't talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anywho, Ryan. Sorry. God, don't try and tell me how I sorry, lived my week. Sorry, I know. You're the one with pregnancy, Ryan. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I thought it was absolutely a ton of fun. I love that it was based in San Francisco. Um, I thought it was silly, but in a good way. Um, and um, Tom Hardy's charming, as always. Mm-hmm. And I loved, so... <laughs> God, I forget. They have a ship name for when um, Venom, for Venom and uh, Tom Hardy's character. They have a ship name. They're um, the same person. I mean, they're a symbiote. They're not. They're, they're a not symbiote. the same person. They're technically the same. I mean, they're a symbiote. They're yes. Like... So, and it's really funny um, because they sort of have like this banter that goes back and forth. And um, yeah, I just, I like my superhero movies a little campy and a little um just fun and action-packed i stick by it i i i enjoyed it i think it's a 90s superheroes movie it feels exactly like a 90s superhero movie 
including the CG, to me is very like late 90s, early 2000s, because I think it just gets messy with all the slime and tentacles and stuff. I don't think it's that bad. Uh, I do. The final fight scene. I think when he's Venom alone is good. When he's fighting the other symbiote, I think it's just too much, like, Mm, I think it's fine. No. Uh, Tom Hardy carries the movie. Uh Super charming. And I also stick by this. Him and Michelle Williams have no chemistry. Michelle Williams has no chemistry with anybody she plays opposite with. I agree. But they, it was, I, I was not invested in that storyline at all in that yeah. movie. Like, I just wanted to see him as Venom. Because yeah. him talking to the symbiote, and I will... So that's the, everybody's shipping them together. Yeah. Because they, they're like, oh yeah, they're in a relationship. Um, and, and, especially in a year where Upgrade came out, Upgrade is the better version of Venom, but Venom's still very enjoyable. But it's a very different concept. It's, at its core, the same concept. It's executed differently. Uh... We could argue that. The uh, upgrade is a more of like a alternate reality. Oh no no universe no. No no, movie. I mean his relationship with Stem and, oh, and Eddie's relationship yeah. with Venom. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. similar. Yeah, yeah, Everything yeah. else Yeah, no 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 yeah, no. Very, very different. different. Yeah. But okay, like, I was like, ah but yes, upgrade is a better movie. Yeah. That oh, movie's yeah. amazing. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. I love it. Anybody who will let me talk about it, I will talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Love uh-huh. and and he's oh. also been compared to no which makes me so mad a lot oh my god when even though upgrade, they're very different yeah when upgrade came out everybody's like oh who keeps giving this knockoff tom hardy roles and i'm like have you seen him anything what is what's the problem with him looking like tom hardy yeah one i would kill to look like tom hardy yeah. two doesn't act like tom hardy at all like no. the invitation is phenomenal and like i'm not saying tom hardy's not a phenomenal actor but like definitely far different than he's anything he's ever done yeah um yeah but it's just people are stupid i also love that directors just give tom hardy they're like do an accent but they don't ever nail it okay down. but his accent makes sense in this because he's from new york yeah he's a transplant yeah, yeah no. and he's like kind of stuck in california and he's been there for a few years so he really has a new york accent that's like a little flawed so i never hate i love his bane accent everyone is oh i love his lawless accent yeah. every accent he does i think is perfect yeah. because it's very him like he does it but I just think it's funny because everyone always gives Tom Hardy shit for his accents. And I'm like, I love every accent he does. Like, even in this, like, that to me is, I agree with you. Like, that's, if you pay attention, make Eddie Brock like, a different character. Yeah. Make him stand out. Like, he doesn't need to sound like a New Yorker. We don't need that. I don't need that stereotype character. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's fun. And it made a ton of mo- yeah, money. Yeah, so. so much money. Yeah. Jesus. Nobody knew what to do in October, apparently. Well, China, too. China just, it raked in in China. I don't know. I thought it was fun. Tentacles. I'm, yeah, tentacles. Um, and then I also I watched two movies this week. I'm just really on oh, top I of it. About I watched it, yeah. a simple favor, which is Paul Feig's Figs, whatever his Fig. name is, Fig. I think Fig. Um, from, uh, oh my God, Bachelor. What is that movie called? Uh, Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids. Yeah, and the Ghostbusters uh, ba- reboot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fame, and it stars. Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively. It's based on a novel, um, one that would have been right up my alley if I wouldn't have watched the movie first. Um, and I liked it. It's, I was expecting to love it. I definitely didn't love it. Um, this, this, I think the source material is the issue. Um, both Anna and Blake are awesome in it. Um, Blake plays I, herself, I assume. Yep. Just an absolute um gorgeous person that anna kendrick's character is just like oh are you like a real person yeah flustered to even be around uh, yeah the presence of 
and that's super fun and the costumes are really fun and watching them two kind of both be like bad um in the same movie and not be bad and their uh dynamic i wish they were together in the film more um, the costuming was super, the costuming was like so it stood good. out to me a lot i love that the they, guy who plays blake's wife is super hot and apparently he's the guy from crazy Rich Asians. yeah 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 um super i haven't good. seen that yet uh henry oh, golding but really he's good. a dream boat jesus mm-hmm. i was he's like oh hey what's he's up just as good looking that <laughs> yeah. Too. yeah um so yeah it was fun it wasn't um everything i had wished for but all um, yeah it was it was good. Yeah, it didn't. Knock, it didn't knock my socks off. Um, I told B like my biggest problem is I came away from it not rooting for either character, which it's hard to have stakes in a movie where I don't like the, both of your like main yeah. characters. Also, I think like the twist in it, I called as soon as it happened, and I think it's like really cheesy. Um, mm-hmm. But. I, I mean, and I don't have a problem with that because I watch, like, soap opera stuff all the time. I don't have time. a problem with when you can be able to call a twist in a film. That If you watch a lot of movies, you're the minority. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, like, uh, I mean, totally. And I watch, I'm used to that by now. Like, yeah. I watch so many movies, like, when, I mean, especially me, B, and like, I've said before, our friend Jeremy in a room, like, we'll call a twist into a movie, like, 30 minutes in. And by the end, everyone's like, how the fuck did you know? It's like, well, we watched tons of yeah. movies. I try and sometimes ignore it, like... Um, my husband would be like, oh, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm not thinking about it. Because I want to try and pretend oh, yeah, that I'm not yeah. playing into it. Yeah, Ben's really good at calling twists, too. Yeah. Um, but, and that didn't bother me. I think it was yeah. the execution of the twist that bothered me. Because I was like, oh, this is a little cheese. Yeah, but, it was definitely cheesy. Um, which, I guess, two cheesy films in a row. But fun. I mean, I think it's worth watching. It's not one that you, you're going to go to over and over. Um and then when I finished you, um, uh, I started yes, Kevin Williamson's Tell Me a Story, which um, airs on CBS All Access, which is their, um, it's confusing. When it first came out, it was very, everybody was super interested in it because Star Trek Discovery was on it. And the first episode came out on CBS, so you can watch it on TV. And then they're like, oh, but the rest of the season's only going to be on our um, online platform. So it's not like other um, networks that have apps where you can watch the shows that they air live. Um, like the CW does that. They have an app. You can watch mm, their shows if you too, have cable. Yeah. Sci-fi. Um, you can watch their shows if you pay for cable. And they can just have access to them. Even fucking E-Network has one. Yeah. CBS All Access is uh, has its own exclusive content that mm. does not air on CBS. Um, it is $10 a month. I think that's 7 if you want to watch commercials, but that's fucking insanity. So it's $10 a month. Um, and so Star Trek Discovery was their big one. And then on Halloween of last year, they came out with Tell Me a Story, which is created by Kevin Williamson, who if you don't know who he is, then what are you doing listening yeah. to the show? Broke um, Scream, created yeah. Dawson's Creek, uh, created The Vampire Diaries. It's yeah. based on a telenovela, a very, very successful telenovela. Um, so it's a, like a, a, an American remake. Yeah, and it's uh, it's got like themes of different um, fairy tales. Fairy tales, and I do also love that they have a very long um, designed intro, um, which is beautiful. Um, and I watch it every time, and more shows should do that because. Um, Graphic design is an amazing art, and I think people like title credits. Mm-hmm. I um, love them. I and mean, I help. I think it just gives such a good uh, vibe for your show. They've gone away with binging, because people are like, oh, I just watched this, like, yeah. an hour ago. Um, but 
don't fast forward. Appreciate all the hard work that went into that. And yeah. you get to see, I love, because we're always vouching for that, a lot of work goes into making movies and um, our TV. So if you can see in your title credits in the beginning, like all the people who went into that episode, they should. Yep. They should get the recognition in the beginning. And it should be beautifully illustrated and the type should be awesome and it should be worth watching. Yep. I love front heavy billing. Yeah. I think everything should do it. Um, but it's really good. It's really bingey. Um, it's nothing where I'm like, oh my God, you have to watch it. Um, Paul Wesley is just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Not in it enough, but man, see an attractive man. I don't think that's her name. But uh, there's a bunch of people in it from, um, if you are a TV fan like I am, you've got a guy from Mad Men. You've got people from kind of every sort of show that existed a girl from the originals yeah um, it is spencer grammar from greek oh also kim cattrall's in it what the yeah fuck? kim cattrall's in it from oh, the city sam jager from parenthood so if you're a big tv watcher you're gonna recognize like literally every person in this show oh um, and it has a connection to our movie this week i forgot it does have a connection to <laughs> our movie this week um billy magnuson is in it playing nick sullivan a teacher who i don't like his storyline because uh. Well, I won't, I won't spoil it, but creep. anywho, it's a storyline that seems to be played out in every single show. You bet you oh, can I'm guess sure I what can it guess is. That, yeah. Um, but anywho, it's fun. It's Benji. It's a big ensemble cast, um, and I'm curious to see how it plays out. They all, the characters, like, kind of are related together through this club, and so they kind of weave in and out. Um, but a lot of crime... Um, a lot of great LGBTQ representation. Ooh. Well, yeah, it's good. Um, which is Kevin, which is awesome. Um, so definitely worth it. Think of it this way: pay ten bucks, Binge you it. watch this season, and then you can cancel CBS All Access. Yep. I plan on paying the ten bucks, watching this, watching Star Trek, and then canceling it until they put out Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. Yep. So um, I think I definitely would pay ten dollars to watch the show. So cool. That's my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, she sold me on it. I'm going to do the 10 bucks so I can binge Star Trek and that. Yeah. And then definitely when Twilight Zone comes out. So. Um, so our movie this week, we picked one from one of our listeners at Classic Material. Uh, thank you for always suggesting movies. So we did finally get around to one of those. It was Blood Knight, The Legend of Mary Hatchet from 2009. So, you know, 10-year anniversary this year. If you oh, want, If you want to celebrate that. Yeah. If um, the synopsis is a group of teenagers celebrating the anniversary of the death of a local axe murderer suddenly find themselves face to face with the realities of this haunting urban legend. Isn't axe murderer such a strange thing that like that's just that's a normal phrase like oh he's an axe murderer. It and it when has you to be hear boring. it, you never I, at least I never think about it as like an axe. I've always just associated it with like murder. It almost sounds like X or something. Yeah, no, I never like when someone says an axe murder, I never picture someone walking around with an yeah, axe. I'm but, always like, yeah, like a serial killer. But it's a thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's like a specific form of killer. But I think it's like a specific urban legend form of killer. Yeah. I think it's definitely like I've my wife is super into true crime not heard that much about, like, axe murders. Like, other... I mean, Did Lizzie Ted, Borden. Yeah, Lizzie Borden. Didn't Ted Bundy use an axe? Maybe. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. There's I, a lot of... There's a new Netflix documentary about him. Yeah, and, and the Zephron movie. Well, watch the Zephron movie. It's premiering at Sunday. I don't need to weekend. watch a documentary about a serial killer. No, thank you. No, nah, But good. I'll watch, I'll watch Zephron. that Zephron movie. Yeah. And Lily Cole. Yeah. Um, released, like I said, 2009. October 10th. October 10th, so right in time, right in time for Halloween. 
Um, three million dollar budget, which after being I watched this, we just had to assume went to mostly Bill Mosley and Daniel Harris for yeah. getting them to be in this movie. Because um, I don't know where else. I mean, blood. yeah, lots of blood. Holy shit, yeah. so much blood. Some some decent practical effects. Yeah, like some really good practical effects. Um, no box office. I I want to say there was no even. I couldn't find anything about a limited release. I don't think it release. went to box no. office. I originally watched this via Redbox, but I think like two years after the fact. So B and I, while watching this, both realized we had both seen it. And B had never finished it. She's pretty sure she fell asleep because she didn't remember the end. Mm -mm. I know I'd seen at least up and I know I'd seen it because especially when we got to the end, there's like a scene where they're in an asylum, and I was like, I fucking remember I've seen this, this scene. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, but I did not remember it at all. Um. Yeah. We're gonna try and be nice. Yeah. Uh. We well, I mean, we'll straight up just say like we didn't love this movie. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of problems with it. It's definitely like if like. The 2000s was a weird era, so especially for slashers, especially the late 2000s, because the late 2000s is an era in horror, well, mid to mid to late, um, that is very well known for being like the quote unquote torture porn era. Yeah. Um, so there was a it specific. It was like the end of J horror. J horror was ending. Yeah. Um, we were getting into torture porn and so, on our way to supernatural possession movies and, and remakes. Um, and remakes. So yeah, and so the torture porn era was like a very like. Saw, Hostel, um, uh, that movie Vacancy, uh, what was that one with Steve Zahn that I actually like? Perfect, a perfect... Perfect Getaway? Yeah, yeah Perfect that's Getaway, a that's a good yeah. one. Um, Therese Dust, all those. So yeah. it was a very specific type of horror that kind of like fetishized, um, like torture. Um, and this doesn't do that, this doesn't do that, but what it does do is kind of like, it does have a lot of those kind of gleamings of, um, it was also very big on like kind of exploitation mm -hmm. um nudity for the sake of nudity which this has a lot of um and so and those are not things i was a huge fan of and b's not a huge fan of and i also think they age very poorly in the era that we live in especially um and it's noticeable from the front because that's basically how this movie starts yeah so i think our biggest thing and we're trying to like put those glasses on as we're analyzing and realizing that is that um most of our problems have nothing to do with the fact that it's like low budget and mm. the plot is whatever. It's fine. Um, I don't. I definitely don't hate it. I like the fact that it's based on an urban legend. Uh, it's the dialogue, the exploitative the nudity, editing. The Holy editing is really bad. Shit. It's, it's so like extreme two thousands yeah. with like it just reminds me so much, again of that era of like um. Like, if you ever watch, like, Blair Witch 2, where they just, like, there's this weird edit, like, really jump, like, cutting a lot and, like, like crazy like cuts shaky. and shaking and, and uh, then it will, flashes. Yeah, it will and, flash red and then, yeah. like, flash back and forth between, like, and then, like, when it flashes red, like, their face changes and then it flashes back to normal. And it was a very common thing. Yeah, it was so, meant like, to freak people out and be like, fuck, what's the fuck's going on? Yeah, it reminded me a lot of that movie, too. Uh, Fear.com did a lot of that. Um... Yeah, there was just, like, definitely, yeah, it reminded me of the era, for sure. It yeah. fits in the era. Um, but it, it's just not my favorite. And also, and like you said, it wasn't the budget. Because that's one thing I really appreciate now, further we get into this. Because, like, Mischief Night had a very low budget. And I definitely think it didn't. we didn't run into the same problems in mm -mm. either of those that we yeah, ran into either in Mischief this. Night, yeah. 
Um, so, yeah, just keep that. And we'll bring up a couple of them as we go through the plot. Um, but that's sort of our main, like, uh, didn't didn't love that. Um, the poster. Um, so the one that you'll probably see in what I definitely saw on Redbox is a Carrie-esque, mm-hmm. like, shadow of a woman holding an axe that's dripping. And then you have Daniel Harris and Bill Mosley sort of splattered in the background. Um, I mean... It's well designed. It's meant to be. Um, it's edited well. The blood knights, like all caps, um, sans serif, with like the texture of blood in the background, and then the faces of Danielle and Bill are um, in a splatter too, and showing through in yellow, which is a complementary color to red. So obviously, they hired somebody to market this when it hit. The, oh yeah, the red box, whatever era, um, because this one's it's good, it's good, and it looks. You look at it, and you go, this movie was made in the late two thousands, early like late aughts. Oh, and they, I mean, they they star their two prominent people on the cover, yeah. which makes sense. You use Bill Mosley and Daniel Harris right. to appeal to your horror fans because we all like they're big in the genre. So anyone who's into horror will be like will oh okay easily recognize yeah. them yeah and then i think i'm assuming what they used when they probably did festivals or whatever they did to get this distributed before to sell for distribution is our mary hatchet character completely full frontal nude um you can't see her face you can just see her breasts and her bush yeah um carrying an axe in one hand and the head of a decapitated man in the other says the legend lives on on october 30th blood night the legend of mary hatchet it's also the only one that has nate dusku headlining as a star which is interesting because he shares the time equally with pretty much everyone but he was the only quote-unquote name because he's related to eliza dusku yeah um, he has her brother so um i mean this poster is poorly designed i i mean it looks like a soft porn cover it looks like a, a like a legit torture porn Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I'm going to watch. And I turned around at one point in the movie and I said, I think we're watching porn together. Yeah. she No, she looked it up to go, what's this classified as on IMDb? Like, yeah. is it porn? Uh, it's not. It's no, still horror But it slasher. definitely had, um, if anybody's seen, I always think of this movie because I was unpleasantly surprised <laughs> when I watched Lumberjack Man, which is a slasher. Um, and... I I think it was on Stars or something when I had direct TV, and it's a hundred percent a, soft, a, a porn. soft porn. Yeah, um, that just happens to have this like giant. The giant guy doesn't fuck anybody, but everybody else fucks everybody, and that's mostly what the movie's about. And I'm like, that's not really what I was looking for, but I was like doing my homework, and I was like watching it and i was like hmm and my husband how many times did you have to look up before you're like this might be a porno no, <laughs> like, i think ben walks through because he'll my office says our sign glass door and he'll like go outside and he'll walk past the sign glass door and like look at the tv and he's used to me watching whatever but he came in i think twice he's like okay both times i've walked past the tv there's two people fucking and i'm like i it, lumberjack man i mean it said it was a horror movie it, yeah, no, that's definitely softcore. Um, didn't review very well either. David Walker of DVD Talk gave it one star, said it was too slow, uninteresting for too long. 
Arrow in the Head really liked it though. Um, said it's familiar to those who've watched any slash from the past couple decades. All the right ingredients to make Weren't a good horror like... movie. Oh, Arrow in the no, Head! Yeah. Oh, I didn't even make that yeah. connection. So, of course, Arrow in the Head gave it a positive review because they're there's a point it. in the they're movie yeah, where they're playing a, a Flash game based on Mary Hatchet and it's on ArrowInTheHead.com. Yeah. So, uh, I guess that's not super um, relevant then. <laughs> Disregard like, that review. I was like, um, what do you mean? Isn't that the people, the website that's in the yes, movie? Yes, it is. I didn't even make that connection. <laughs> Holy crap. Arrow in the Head doesn't exist anymore. It's owned by Joe Blow, which is like a general movie movie news and gossip site i was too busy to do the research this week so ryan jumped in yeah didn't even know yeah sorry um yeah that's why there's two of us it only has one tagline which is kind of a nice break at least from the movies we've been having (laughs) happy Uh, birthday to me had like 30 dude there were so many uh this one is will you make it through the night it's trash i hate it um (laughs) it's trash it's uh, that's every slasher movie ever it will work for any slasher yeah which i hate like i don't need a tagline like there's a couple where I'm like, it just seems lazy because it's like, well, this works. It's like you just reach into it. It's like there's a bucket of like folded up paper and you just reach in and you're like, yep, that's the one we're using. Yeah, because I mean, if you think of it from a marketing standpoint, the tagline should be able to speak for the movie without being able to, without seeing it. Yes. Um, without having to see a trailer. Um, it should be a compliment to the poster or even, you know, if you're just doing a typographic poster with no images, if your tagline's strong enough, it should convince people to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Will you make it through the night? Does that convince you to watch the movie? Mm, no. That's more of a question for you if you're watching this movie. Yeah. Will you make it through <laughs> yeah. this night? Will you make it through the <laughs> luckily only hour and 15 minutes this movie is? Yeah. Uh, director and writer Frank Sabatella. It's his only full-length movie to date, although apparently he's making a movie coming out this year called The Shed. Mm. Uh, he did a couple of horror shorts after this, The House That Cried Blood, Night of the Pumpkin, um, and then co-wrote it with Elki Blassie, who also did a 2016 horror film called Star 69. Um... <laughs> Oh, I definitely didn't see the asterisk there at first, and I thought it just said 69. I'm uh, like, oh, so a porn. Um, I mean, it looks very low, like, budget, kind of horror porn-ish. And it's called Star 69, which I imagine they're not going to Do- not play with that. Does anybody know anymore what Star 69 yeah, is? Yeah, if you guys are unavoid- unaware, um, back when B and I were teenagers and kids, Star 69 is what you could use to call someone back? No, yeah. bl- or block a number. No, Star 69 is somebody called you. You and you called call them, them back. back. Yeah. And then Star 67 blocked your number, I think, if you called. I don't know. But yeah, Star 69 was like a really big thing for yeah. a while. Because, You're like, oh, just Star 69 them. Yeah. So if somebody you... print calls you, you can Star 69 them. Yeah, exactly. Um, Victor Bruno and Steph, uh, Steven Tubin did the score. Did not stand out. They also have never done anything else to date except I Steven Tubin. I always remember the score, and I honestly can't think of it at nope. all. And Steven Tubin did a 50 cent music video that's what i found out in my research he directed it or he did the, the he sound editing he did for the it. sound editing for it right. for self i like telly self-destruct or whatever mm. um the cast is actually fucking huge because i will say this for this movie there are 24 kills which oh, yeah. i think is our highest yes um uh yes yeah because halloween was our highest before like this 17, and it was at 18 17, I think. 18 yeah so huge kill count huge cast none of them matter it is like when this is the movie like when people like when slashers are like kind of like um parodied or made fun of on tv and like when people talk about like fodder like body fodder 
this is it because you know, it's like oh hi my name's joe doesn't matter you're about to die yeah, yeah no there's so many people that are introduced for like four minutes to either have sex then die or just die um but the big leads are, are daniel harris as Alyssa from obviously i mean huge huge name in the horror world her big standout she was in the original halloween series as well as rob zombies um like reboot and the sequel of the reboot um and then she's also in the hatchet series from adam green and then i one of our i think only repeat actors is she's an urban legend as well oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i forgot um yeah but she pops up in horror yeah all over the place um bill mosley uh as graveyard gus who um i did find out that was one of the trivia pieces that I at least found out was graveyard gus's model after the character um he's an homage to crazy ralph from the friday the 13th series so friday oh the 13th part that one makes sense it makes a lot of sense yeah, yeah. um and, and bill mosley again is another huge huge horror, horror icon he showed up as chop top in um texas chainsaw 2 and he's gone on to do like repo the genetic opera he's in pretty much every rob zombie movie i mean he shows up as frequently as like robert england kane hodder um you know those guys like yeah. he's he's always... ryan and i walked past him at midsummer screen yes um, we're like oh hey we know him yeah and if he wasn't at like a booth that i didn't want to go to i would have gone and met yeah. him because i i love bill mosley i think he's super entertaining and like really really great for the genre. and i love genre actors like him mm-hmm. i think they're what part of part of what makes horror such an incredible community to be a part of absolutely yes um, like we said, Nate Dushku, um, as Alex, that's Eliza Dushku's brother. He's been in a number of things with her, most notably, <laughs> uh, Dollhouse and the Alphabet Killer. So she's definitely getting I forgot jobs. about the Alphabet Killer. I, I know I've seen it. Yeah. Um. I, similar time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right around that time. Um. It's so, okay. It's more like a crime. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thriller. Samantha Siong as Mary Hatchet. So she is, I mean, she, She's kind of our killer. We'll get to that. Um, she's one of them. Yeah, she's she. We spend like five minutes with her in the beginning of the movie, and she is either getting no. We spend a good fifteen well, minutes with her in the beginning of the movie. Well, some is like young her, um, yeah, and then some's older her, and like she's either getting raped or completely naked. So it's very discouraging. Um, and then uh, the only other like real big cast member I included was Billy Magnuson as Alex because like we mentioned um, while we were watching this we were going like okay other than these like two names we obviously know Mosley and Harris like it, did anyone from this go on to do anything so I'm looking through the cast list and I'm like holy shit I know this guy Billy Magnuson like B said he's in tell me a story um, he's also in the movie Game Night um, he's like the like kind of goofy lovable like blonde guy in game night i didn't pull his name and then he's in anger goes west he plays elizabeth olsen's brother in that movie and he's actually popping up like a lot right now yeah Um, he's made a name for himself he's like the worst in this well yeah but he's also like weird handsome so i can see why he's like getting roles but he's like like kind of attractive i think personally for me he reminds me of somebody i know so i don't find him attractive for that reason but i can kind of see he's like you know borderline yeah no definitely um in this he wears like a sideways beanie and the smallest scarf ever made yeah it's like a scarf and he literally has it like wrapped around his neck like like two times almost and it's like really thin and i know this is a super obscure weird reference i couldn't stop thinking of it there was this band called hinder from when i was in high school that put out a song called lips of an angel and it was a huge hit and in the video, the lead singer of Hinder is wearing a scarf dead on, like this fucking scarf. I swear to God. I don't know. 
dude, I'm telling you, it's in that video. I watched it all the time with my cousin. Eric was super into Hinder. Um, he's wearing a tie. Uh, whatever. He someone in, wore this in, fucking scarf. In his head, the guy from. Hinder I, if we is watch the full video, it. it's in it. I'm telling you. Um, Ryan has a thing about clothes. He yeah, if he sees no, clothes that true. he think have not aged well, he will literally um, just talk about it the whole movie and drive me crazy. <laughs> And then he'll, like, write off the character and be like, nope, I can't. Did you see the scarf? Did you see that scarf? I can't. I just can't. And the other guy with the pants, he had such baggy pants, they literally covered his fucking sneakers. And he's wearing those, like, big white Adidas sneakers from that era that were, like, super popular. I just like that his beanie had a brim. Remember those? Yeah. Oh, no. Patrick Stump wore one in Fall Out Boy, Uh so of course I remember it. But he wore it sideways. Which well, is the thing Bobby. that drove me fucking crazy. What other way? And this is definitely it? like before Billy Magson, like, he, like you can tell, he's like he's got a little, he's a little chubby, and you know he's got a little baby face. And... But I think he's supposed to be like the cute one. Sure, I mean, I guess he's supposed to be like the funny one. I think. Oh, it's, um, well, the funny one's definitely never the cute one. That's true. I don't know. There's a bunch of people that just like die in this movie. I don't. I don't really know. I I could I could not fucking tell you the name of a person in this movie if you held a gun to my head. <laughs> like if the main, except Graveyard Gus, and only because it's uh, Mary Hatchet. Oh, and yeah, Mary Hatchet. So and her win. name's not even technically Mary Hatchet. That's it's, like the name given to her because her, her name urban is legend, Mary. yeah. Her name is Mary Maddock. Um, but like, if someone was like, "Who? What is Daniel Harris's character's name?" Dude, we watched this three nights ago. I've yeah, I don't I fucking no know. Idea. I have no idea. Alyssa, I know she called it. She she gave a really poor like she. Told I a only story just remembered days. it in my head because I saw it written down. Yeah. But, yeah. She called herself Mouse, but like a really, a really, like a story told in super poor taste. Oh, um, yeah. So it's a slasher. It's a teen scream. Definitely fits yeah. into those. Um, and a little bit. It definitely plays with like super urban legend. Yeah, it's supernatural. Yeah. Um, it's heavily, obviously, based on the Bloody Mary myth. Um, and then kind of mixed with like Lizzie Borden. Um, so it plays with both those. Oh yeah, the. Bloody Mary's the mirror one, yes, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, like, the name makes you think of Bloody Mary. There's there's two mirror, like, th- uh, scenes in yeah. this movie, both of which involve both the killers. So, um, so Alyssa is our killer, and basically... Uh, m- That's our twist. Yeah, so Alyssa's the killer and Mary Hatch's the killer. I mean, the movie starts out with young Mary Hatchet. She murders her parents. Mm-hmm. Um, she's put in an asylum, and she's... F- raped and it's disgusting it's literally one of the most vile scenes i've seen in any of the movies we've watched for this like mm-hmm. we rewatched rob zombies halloween on b's birthday this year no on halloween. halloween on halloween and like i just rewatched it before that so i told everyone i was like oh this scene is fucking rough like the rape scene in it and the thing is like I understand that there's a certain narrative to be told with rape movies, um, like rape revenge movies and with rape scenes. Um, I think the movie Revenge did it very well. Um, and I also think that there are movies like there are very iconic movies, obviously, like Last House on the Left. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of the times like when they don't do anything for the plot. Nice on your grave. Yeah. When they yeah. don't do anything for the plot, when they're when they're exploitative, when they're they're almost played as like this could turn you on mm-hmm. uh, which i thought rob zombies was um i don't like it and like this well and that sh- shouldn't be in film it shouldn't be in <laughs> movies yeah and um this it should uh, it should serve a purpose to the plot um to uh, if you have to show benefit it. Yeah. yeah if you have to show it it can be a 
storyline. It could be a storyline in this movie. It could have. They could have easily. They already alluded to it. We knew it was coming. Yes. The security guard goes, want to lick daddy's lolly. No, oh, said, Goo Gaga. Yeah, baby, you want a Goo Gaga or some? Yeah, like, it was awful. It's disgusting. Awful. You can look at her answer. I don't know. Yeah. It's awful. Um, but like you could have left it at that, and then flash forward to her being pregnant, and, and we would have known, known what instantly. Happened. But in- it shows the whole scene, yeah. and you're like it's disgusting, and it it like zooms out, goes through the hallway, and you just hear him the whole time telling her like you're Ugh. you're a whore, like yeah. being like it's really bad. It's in and it's hard to watch. Really poor taste, and it like it really put a bad taste in her mouth right from the get-go yeah. um so so mary has the child and they decide well they tell her the doctors decide the that baby's dead that the baby's dead even though it's not um but they say that the baby died in complication and this kind of breaks mary um so she's already murdered her mom and dad um and so once this happens she gets out of her room completely naked for some reason again exploitative yeah um and just goes on this fucking wild murder spree yeah, that you can't really see no 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 it's all just like weird cuts of a hallway with like people dead and blood Lots everywhere blood. so much blood and it like we said it does that thing where it like the camera changes so it's all red and black instead of like natural colors and um so she kills five orderlies the night nurse and the night guard um so she she by this point, Mary, who is our first killer, has murdered one, two, night nurse, five, so eight, nine people. Um, she walks down the street. This is the first time we see full frontal nudity in the movie. Um, like, and I, I think this was pretty rare by the 2000s. It's like, it has its like peaks and valleys, I feel like, full frontal. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so full frontal, and she's killed by the, like she's holding a decapitated head in her hand. She comes out, the cops tell her to put her hands up. She throws the head at him, and they kill her. Um, and that's when we flash forward twenty years, which is classic slasher trope. Yeah, it We're flashes to twenty years um, later, um, two thousand nine. It's the yeah. year the movie came out, um, and you find out that the town um, has basically turned her the the night of her death into like this urban legend that they call. Um, blood, blood night. night it's basically mischief night the kids run around yeah they party and they tear up the town but they also do like lots of really and i think weird... it's october 30th it's mischief night yeah i just made that connection yeah. the movie came out it's mischief night in this town they call it it's literally the night before halloween they call it blood yeah night. and it's based on this action murder who actually existed yeah. in their hometown like they literally like print her face out and people wear it around and like they do lots of weird tampon stuff which was interesting well, i guess they do that because, and we find out because it's a connection later, but another thing that left a poor taste in my mouth, it's a storyline I don't like, um, and I think can is prob- very problematic and damaging, is um, menstrual psychosis, um, which is the idea that, um, which has not been, if you look it up, um, it hasn't been medically proven that it really is like a valid reasoning for, for um, women who go into some sort of um, manic state when they have their period. Um, it's be- often linked with bipolar disorder. Mm. Um, and, you know, they've done studies to try and figure out um, if the menstrual cycle plays any role in bipolar disorder. And it, they haven't found anything Um and you find out that Mary and her daughter, Alyssa, both, that's why they go on these murder sprees. Because of having their first period. Also, Alyssa's like 19 when she yeah. has her first period, I guess. Yeah. Um, so. But yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's. 
I so agree that's with you. like what the tampon thing is all yeah. about because it's and, all blood and yeah, and they like paint their and... hands red and like yeah. slap people's butts. And yeah, it's ugh, I don't know. It's not it's not the easiest thing to sit through, and you know like I think B and I, if you listen to the show, have made our like we try to keep politics out for sure, but we have definitely let you guys know where we stand on things like this. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's not something we're in, in favor of. And well, yeah, I just don't want to think, anybody to think, like, hey, we're going to watch this, and then I, I want to bring it up. I can understand how you might not notice it, and especially this narrative, which isn't as talked about. Um, and um, a film that does it much better is Carrie, mm-hmm. um, playing with actually receiving your period as becoming a woman and what becoming a woman does for you and empowering you um so that's sort of a different side of you know menstruation playing a role in women's lives um yeah i just uh it's it's kind of new people are starting to talk about it and i just don't want to brush it over but that was a part that i was like pretty uncomfortable with that's literally the in the plot that is the only reason both of these women kills because they received their first period so yeah. um yeah so we're introduced like our core group of characters who are all like party going teens um they go and do a seance at the at um the grave grave of mary maddock and that's where they meet bill mosley's character graveyard gus and he kind of tells them like he, the real story the real story yeah and he gives like a couple urban legends yeah. basically they play with the woman in white story mm-hmm. where like you know people are driving and they see her in the road, and then they suddenly see her in the backseat of the car, and then, she, you know, she decapitates them and steals their baby. Um, and, like, that's – so th- it's a twist on the woman in white because the whole thing is, like, she's after a baby. Right, um, because hers died. Because hers died, and she realizes, like, you know, somehow she – deep down she knew that she didn't actually die, and so she's in – she's searching for her child. Um from that point on, the story—the story—and I'm saying this with air quotes—is literally teens go to house to party and uh-huh. die, kind of off the- camera and not really in any gratifying slasher way. Yeah. Um. So there is this really Daniel Harris's character is introduced and she tells this story that is a joke about how she was gang raped and beaten and given like a prison tattoo. And the punchline is also, I just don't even want to say it. It's pretty gross. Um, you can find it on YouTube if you, or not even YouTube, if you Google um, Blood Night trailer, that's the first clip that pops up. It's just her telling the story. Um, and then there's these other two characters that we were introduced to earlier that literally just fuck the whole movie. Like, it, the very first time we meet them, like, they're straddling each other. Um, they're, ha- they're the first to really die on screen. There's this crazy... <laughs> fucking scene downstairs where these two girls are drunk and like kind of making out with each other and then they start stripping on all the boys um and like making out with the boys and like showing their underwear off to everyone and while this is happening and the music's like really loud while this is happening um we have two people upstairs who are having sex and they're murdered um so this is i mean this is at least where we get our first like on-screen kill um and it's um i believe it's yeah it's like scissors through the face and then open so the top half of the head is cut off yeah um and then the girl is stabbed um i think in the throat uh oh her eyes are gashed out and she's stabbed in the head yeah and then um he's beheaded with a pair of scissors there's a lot of murder off screen um and there's sometimes you don't even know like you see like maybe a leg or a head will roll out um 
there's a lot of death, but a lot of it's off screen. I can tell you right now, like, because we have a list of all of the kills, and you get to that for after the very initial part with Mary Matic, you get to a point, and it like our list tells us if it was on screen. No, no, yes, in a flashback. No, no, yes, yes, yes. No, 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 yes, yes. So it's a lot of like. There was a lot of the movie being and I were like, are they dead? Where'd they go? I don't really understand. Well, they'll be like, where did Alyssa and so-and-so go? We're like, uh, I don't know who those people are. Yeah, so um, pretty much from there on, we start getting just like uh, these teens running around. It, it happens pretty fast once they once the first kill happens. Power goes out. Um, they start, they go, you know, like your standard horror movie pair of people goes downstairs to get the fuse box other pairs looking around the house looking for this one person someone goes outside because they're sick they get murdered um that's another one that happened on screen um and then once they realize that their friends are being killed they run out of the house and graveyard gus is driving by so they all get into the truck there's like i think at this point there's still like six or seven of them left um they get in the truck with graveyard gus and he like tells them like i wasn't bullshitting you guys like this is a real story i've been around long enough to know like i was alive when this happened i helped bury the baby um because he's a grave digger yeah so he drives and he's like i'm gonna reunite the baby with the mother and he makes a comment about nom he's like i've even shit nom was in this bad which because he starts seeing mary hatchet no one else does and so you're kind of like okay is this like a ptsd thing um but they dig up the box they find out there's no baby they go in they go into the asylum to try to figure out what happened to the like, baby. Look at the medical records. Yeah, and which I found out that was another actually a little interesting part of the trivia. They everything in that asylum was real. Um, the they just the people left it there. It's it is a actually like supposedly haunted asylum, and the cleanup crew couldn't get there in time, so they just used it um, because the cleanup crew wouldn't work after hours because it's supposedly haunted and gotcha. it freaks people out. Um, That's cool. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. Like, everything in there, like, all the graffiti and stuff that yeah. you see is just left there. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of cool. But they get in there, um, and they find out that Alyssa was adopted, and she is the daughter of Mary Maddock. Um, and then once this is revealed, Alyssa is on camera murdering people now. Pretty much in everyone. In school girl outfit. Yeah, pretty much everyone with an axe or a hatchet. Um, mm -hmm. Like, the most graphic ones, like, she stabs this girl in the back with a pitchfork and like rips. rips her oh no it's a pickaxe yeah and then she just twirls the pickaxe and then her like spaghetti yeah on fork with and then her the intestines. spine yeah and her, her intestines out, yeah. it was really fucking disgusting yeah. um and then yeah uh gus all like five foot of daniel harris yeah <laughs> gus is one of the last ones to die he's stabbed in the throat with a pickaxe um the character gibbs that's i think that's mag no that's not magnuson um I don't know. Lots of people are... Like I said, I couldn't keep up. But pickaxe, hatchet murders to everyone. Yeah. Um, and then you, they finally think that they have killed um, Daniel Harris's character, Alyssa. And right when they think they escape, and there's this weird, like, no audio scene where, like, the girl is mouthing, like, I love you to the guy. Oh, like, it's, like, really slow. He's stabbed in the throat yeah. with a hatchet, and that's the end of the movie. Oh, no, Alyssa is dead because she's stabbed in the throat, and it turns, and it's Mary Hatchet. Yeah. So It, like, does, like, a little glitch, and it's yeah. Mary Hatchet. So we, it's revealed that, like, Alyssa was the killer as well as Mary Hatchet was yeah. the killer. It was both. Um, so Gus wasn't actually going crazy. Mary Hatchet was still, like, a ghost that was haunting people. Um... Man, so yeah, uh, technically we do have a final girl. It's Lainey. Um, yeah. She's like Alyssa's best friend. Sure. She's the one who brought her to the party and didn't know she was adopted. Uh, 
I'm not even trying to be mean, inconsequential. I mean, she just happened to be the last girl. Yeah. None of these women are given a story arc. None of them are shown a strong, bold, courageous anything at all. And this is, I'm trying to, I was just thinking about that because I haven't really thought about that when we analyze our killer, Um, is that we don't ever see this killer until the very end. Yeah. We never see them masked. We never see, like, a hand. We ne- there's nothing. Oh, yeah. It's all, like... It's all just, like, there's the weapon, but you can't see the shape no, of the no, person No, 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 not at all. all. Yeah, yeah. And so our killer doesn't really... And that's why it feels so much more like a supernatural film than it a, does, than a yeah. true blue slasher, because uh, you never get... Even with, like... Happy birthday to me, you get the, like, gloved hand. Yeah. You don't, because the person's not masked. And so I understand that's not going to be every killer. But you get some illusion that they exist. Yeah, you get the trench coat, you get the yeah. scarf. Um, this, yeah, no, all the kills happen, like, with random items showing up. Items. Yeah, yeah, but, um, And, like, like shot in a way heads. where even if their hands were there, it's, like, obscured. Yeah, um, body. and, like, you know, we're shown through even the flashbacks. Even with the flashbacks, it shows Daniel Harris's character kill, like, maybe three people. Yeah. Um, so we see her with a weapon in her hand, like, those three they times like, before yep, she finally yeah. gets into the asylum with the axe, like, marching through. Um, so it just, like, you can tell... And again, I'm really not trying to kick this movie while it's down, but, like, you can just tell, like, Daniel Harris wasn't on, like, they had her for maybe a couple days. Yeah. Because uh, the movie was filmed in, like, seven or nine days. I, that was another thing I, f- I found. And it was filmed all at night. She and was, was probably there for a day. It was also below freezing temperatures. Um, when that girl was outside naked, below freezing temperatures, oh. too, which is awful. Um, but she was probably there for a couple days, and, like, you can just tell because, like, the way it's edited and cut and everything, like, she doesn't have a lot of screen time. And she's – and, like, it's – that's why the twist isn't very impactful because you're not connected to this character in you any way. You don't know her. You don't yeah. know her relationship with Lainey. Like, um, other than her being, like, a big name. Like, and that's – unfortunately, you can almost call the twist a mile away because you're like, well, she's a huge name in horror even at this point. Like, yeah. she was starring in Rob Zombie's Halloween the same year. Yeah. And so, like, why is she being headlined in this and featured if she's just going to be a random party-goer? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I, I I, mean, I don't connect with the final girl. I don't connect with the killer at all. I mean, I'm not ever going to connect with the killer, but, like, I don't find them enjoyable. It's not like, it's not like you know, Michael or Freddy or Ghostface or anything, or even, like, Cropsy or Victor Crowley. Like, yeah, where you're just like, okay, um... Like, it's not like, oh, they're they're fun, you know? Like, and it's not, like, so over the top that it's, like, fun. or And it's not, like, Mandy Lane where you have a killer who has, like, a really strong motive. And it's, like, this very, like, deep story. Yeah, I think, you know, when you look over it, I mean, this, uh, you know, playing with the different urban legends and combining it all into one and having the town sort of embrace that. All of those are, I mean, I use this sort of analogy a lot, but, like, the bones are there and this and they follow like actually really good slasher formula um playing with the the family tie the 20 years later the small town um the the urban legend all of that like i mean really bump it up on like how it works as a slasher for sure um i just think it really lacks in 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 its age when it was made the decisions that they made to think like this is what's going to sell the the more torture porn aspects of it um right the blood and the nudity yeah that haven't aged well um 
those have to be done really well to, um, you know, still be, I think, valid. Right. And I think it it was definitely something, too, because, like, horror has had that, like, stereotype for a long time. So it's definitely existed in the 70s and the Mm -hmm. 80s, too. I think the difference is it, it didn't feel as yucky and exploitative in the 70s and the 80s. It, it aged differently and also a lot of times i feel like those movies are so so like wacky and zany no this is done in, in mean spirit yeah exactly like yeah. when i watch slaughter high that movie's ridiculous like i'm just like this movie's fun. like the part where they're having sex on the bed and they get electrocuted like that's ridiculous and but the part where amazing. they're having sex in this i'm like oh they're just showing off boobs yeah and then there's a kill that's gratuitously bloody mm-hmm. because that's the payoff it's like well you saw the boobs now you see the blood um I mean, if I have to pick a favorite kill, I would say it was the spine. Like, it was good practical effects. Like, the pickaxe and the spine, like, it's goofy. But, like, if that if this movie had leaned into that a little more, there's even, like, a scene where a head rolls down the stairs and they can't close their door. Like, if they had, like, really been like, no, this is a comedy. Like, this is, like, a goofy cartoon comedy. I think I would have enjoyed this movie more. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think that leaning into that would have added anything to it because I genuinely think the the basic structure of this is good. And I think, um, you know, what they're working with and the ideas they were playing with and the tropes that they were following are good. Well, obviously we know they're good. Yeah, no. Because I... they work well. I think the, the biggest issue they suffered is that they spent more time building up the, like, party and sex scenes and then they did with the kills. Right. Um, so they spent way more time with those two characters having sex than they did with those characters dying. Um, and so as a slasher fan and like watching this, when you're really here to see like, how does this killer do this? You've got a room full of people like, let's see how it happens. We don't see any of it. Right. So we don't get that payoff. We just get like, oh, okay, cool. They're all dead. Like, what? I invested this time in this storyline. Like, why do I care now? Yeah. Uh, like, as far as like the, like not, I guess not comedy, but like, I could see this movie, like you said, it, it ends up unfortunately following in like a mean spirit, spirited area. I think they could have gone like d- darker and like made it an actual like horror movie, actual slasher. Cause like you said, the, the, there are a lot of things that work there. I mean, you and I both love small town stuff or mm-hmm. like stuff based on like folklore or like urban, like urban folklore, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, or I think it could have gone the opposite direction. Cause I do think there are moments that show it could have gone like hatchet. Like, really over the top, like, you know, like, ripping this girl's spine out and curling it up like okay. spaghetti. That's what you mean. Yeah. Like, it could have... I thought could've you made... were talking more, like, gag. No, 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 yeah. no. Like, definitely making it more, like, hatchet, where it's like, this is over the top for the... Be- yeah. It's meant to be. It's in-your-face yeah. splatterpunk. Like, yeah. um, but I think it didn't lean heavily in either direction, so it ends up feeling shallow and mean. Well, and I think it couldn't have done that because they were really trying to keep you guessing on whether it was... you. Th- wanted you to think it was mary killing right and so you can't have if they're not gonna if there's gonna be a twist and you can't show mary doing the killings so maybe that's the issue with it we should have either the twist or whatever should have come earlier or it should have been mary the whole time yeah or mary possessing you know that could have been the twist like Mm -hmm. have mary possess Alyssa, but we needed to have our killer be a physical being and be present in the movie. Right. And I think we would have had more reward. But they were so limited by the fact that 
they wanted you to keep they you wanted guessing. you to keep you guessing on and, who the killer yeah. was and i think that's what hurt them right and there are ways to do it obviously my bloody valentine yeah. does that very well and happy death day does that very well yeah. where you're guessing but like this can I figure out put, how to do put it. her in a costume yeah you know absolutely you know, do I mean, something so that you can still have just like my the my bloody valentine remake where you know it's him, but is he possessed by Harry Warden? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, you mm-hmm. don't know the whole time who it is because it's a costume. So that, you know, the costume trope exists in slashers because for a lot of the storylines that you're going to use, uh, you need it. Um, Real quick tangent. Have we had a supernatural killer yet? Chucky. Oh, Chucky. Yeah, Chucky's. Which is why yeah. Chucky's lower on the list. Yeah. I was just thinking, I was like, because we haven't got to Freddy, who's the big one. Um, so, okay, yes. so, uh, favorite kill? Um, like I said, mine's just fine. I mean. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I'll go with my, what I lean towards and say, the the early kills of the parents. I mean, the mom kill was good. Yeah, the mom kill solid. Yeah. And, and actually, and, like. Had a bit of suspense yeah, to it, yeah. so um, I appreciated that, and I, I love a and, I love a start off so and brutal, yeah, um, yeah. So again, if you guys uh, are first time listeners, we do rank every episode of uh, every uh, movie at the end of the episode. Again, it's not ranked. This is not a ranking on our favorites or a ranking on like because trust me, if it was a ranking on like favorites or anything like that, Child's Play would be much higher because I love Child's Play or yes. you know like certain movies a lot of things yeah lots of these movies would be i mean we love curtains for fuck's sake um but it's lower on the list it's it's more we look at it break it down as a slasher um and just think where where it kind of ends up in the in the long run of things um (laughs) fuck uh well this one's hard because it does have a lot of flaws and we have to consider those that's what we did when we were looking at black xmas um but it does genuinely have some really good um slasher bones i think the biggest hurt are two of the things we pay most attention to which are the killer and the final girl right and also just like i really really it's hard for me to get past the really unnecessary nudity oh no no no! i'm saying we have to consider the flaws yeah yeah absolutely for sure because that's gonna we did that on a movie like black xmas we need to do it on a movie like this um but i do think i do want to make sure that like people are like what are you doing that that movie did work as a slasher it did in a lot of ways i think the biggest hurt is the the killer yeah the killer and the final girl like i mean so like looking at this because i mean I look at, I'm looking at, like, the two mischief Knights in Slaughter High, which I thought were in the same vein where, like, a lot of the bones were there, but it didn't quite work, like, but I think Slaughter High's killer is more interesting and better. No, no like, real final girl, or, I mean, there is, but, like, she's not interesting or anything. Um, and I think Mischief Knight, actually, both movies have a better final girl. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the killers are not as interesting in Mischief Knight, especially the 2014 version. Um, so... Like, I mean, I look at it right there in that ring. Oh, like, for it's, sure. I mean, it's it's going to be near the bottom. Yeah. And so the only thing I have to wonder is, like, you know, is it better than... I mean, which Mischief Night is this? Because now I'm getting them mixed up. So um, 2014 is the one we liked more with our twist killer. But it ranked lower. Um, but it ranked lower because it didn't work as well as a slasher. Yeah, because it was... it. I mean, it wasn't yeah. a super slashery movie. Um, and 2013, Mischief Night is our, like... Um, An Mischief actual Knight slasher, but with the um, the blind, the blind girl and our raincoat killers, our salt Morton salt killers. Yeah, Morton salt killers. Um, 
I mean, I don't think the killer is as good in this. I, I would rank it a maybe above Mischief Night 2014 because yeah. I think it works better as a slasher still. It does. It does work better as a slasher. Um, but I still, I think I, I mean, like I know we didn't like Slaughter High, but I think it's better than this. I think like the, I think well, the kills are more the entertaining. Well, because the kills have a better yeah. payoff, which is what we're here for. Yeah, the kills so. have a better payoff, and like I, I mean, I know that the killer kind of ends up not being the killer, but like the killer at least makes a lot of sense in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's already he was he was legit like full on bullied by these people. Um, it plays itself out more like a slasher. Than yeah, the yeah. payoff and ends up not being there, but. Yeah, and I, I mean, I even like his, like, silly, goofy Jester costume and everything. Um, yeah, yeah. So I would rank it at number, our new number 26. So um, it's going to be after um, Slaughter, Slaughter High, High and um, before Mischief Night 2014. So it's going to be actually 27 on cool. a list of 31 movies. Cool. Um, and again, yeah, you can find all those at keepscreaming.com slash the dash list. Uh, let us know what you thought uh, of this movie. If you check it out, you know, maybe point some things out you liked about it. We'd yeah. love to know. Um, we're... And we know Classic Material really did like this movie. And I think we thought we were going to. We're like, no, yeah, this yeah, is right up yeah, our alley. Yeah, like the we'll trailer. I mean, and like, again, the last time I watched it was back in, I don't like, I was a different person then. I, I mean, so like there are things that don't, I, I, I loved the Rob Zombie Halloween when it came out. Uh-huh. And now it's hard for me to sit through because I think it's just like mean spirited. So I've I've changed a lot as a person. Um, so like this yeah, movie just doesn't. Yeah, what you want to yeah. watch and and, think is... and from our outlook, I think you like really really nailed it by saying like it even from our how we've been looking at slasher movies, the absence of a final girl and killer really hurts this, and mm-hmm. it does make it feel like a supernatural movie that's kind of supernatural but not really. Right. Um, and I agree, it hurts it. Yeah. Um, no memorable score. Yeah. Um, really bad writing yeah and in yeah like i said i think it had a lot of potential mm-hmm. and it just because of those things that weren't very well thought out the problems we had with it were way more noticeable than it would have been and and, and that's what sucks like a movie like black xmas where i do have some problems with the behind the scenes stuff and how some of the actors were treated and some of the kills um felt exploitative to me in hindsight um, knowing what was going on behind the scenes, uh, but it was a better movie. It was you know, well acted, well directed, um, shot well, had some awesome killers. So, uh, you know, it's as horrible as that sounds, it is like easier to forgive some of the flaws when you have other things really bringing it up. And this one just yeah. didn't have enough. Yep. I think on the basis of it, ignoring our, you know, qualms. Our qualms, things that we socially and morally feel are wrong with it. If you take that out, still lacks. Yeah, lacks as a slasher. Absolutely. So, um, but I'm glad we watch it, and I no, I abs- enjoy. Uh, yeah. That's how I felt after watching Girls Night Out too, which I actually think Girls Night Out is worse. Yes, a hundred percent for sure. Agree. Yeah, um, in every way. <laughs> yeah, as just as that movie is barely a movie. Um, but it's nice Sorry, to Brennan, watching this. Yeah, still love you, Brennan. Um, yeah, our other suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> what are our listeners doing to us? Um, but I, I like watching these because I like um, thinking about films like this in an analytical way and talking it out and going like Ryan and I really were like, we were glad we watched it together. But we kept looking over and going like, oh my God, oh my God. But, you know, I, I think it's important to watch films like this and oh, analyze them. Oh, absolutely, them and, yeah. And, and I, compare them to others and go like, okay, this now we know what works and doesn't work. And 
Well, and I love being able to watch things like this and Mischief Night, like movies that we wouldn't normally maybe ever watch or like, you know, like just don't really like they're not something that we would pick up on and being able to look at it. And like you said, being able to compare it to these other movies and kind of break it down from that point. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, We're just regular academics over here. Yeah. And I just the the longer we do this, the more I just like it's funny because I'm like, are we ever going to get bored? I'm like, no, I fucking love this. Like I and Mm -hmm. like I just, you know, even even this movie, it's like I'm glad I watched it and get to look at it on this list of movies that we've Mm -hmm. watched. Um, We will be back in two weeks and we are going to be doing Valentine, Valentine, um, which you guys, if you Angel himself. Yeah. David Baranis and uh, oh, yeah, still watching and reading Harry Potter. In case you guys care. Um, and directed by Jamie Blanks, our main man, Jamie Blanks. Uh, Love you, miss you. Yeah. He's still here. No, yeah. no RIP. He's not dead. Yeah, he's yeah. in Australia. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're going to be doing Valentine, and then we'll be doing Happy Death Day to you after that. But if you guys want, Scream Factory is putting out a very beautiful um, edition of Valentine. And um, Devin Whitehead from Cavity Colors did the art. He's yeah. just fucking amazing yeah maybe scream factory will sponsor us and we'll talk yeah about come on scream factory um but yeah so definitely check it out if you can um if you want to follow along and then yeah happy death day to you and then i don't know i think we had march stuff lined up but i'm not sure, sure. and we got to start doing bonus or like we're gonna start stockpiling episodes yeah because b's gonna pop a baby out yeah. in a couple months so getting close um, guys yeah so we'll have some like be less episodes sorry um coming to you soon and then uh i I think one of the things I want to do before you leave is our action movie episode we keep talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, and Yeah, I didn't talk the, about it, but I also watched Predator. I did a lot this week. You did. Yeah. In spite of how busy you were. So yeah. good job. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, we'll be back in two weeks with Valentine. Um, it's pretty cool. Two years in a row we'll be able to do like Valentine's movies. And I count Happy Death Day to you because it's coming out on Valentine's Day um, for the full month, which is exciting. So until then, keep screaming.